Father, this evening we just come to you. Once again, thank you, Father, for watching over us, your often careless, disobedient children. But you took pity on us as a father pities his son. You had compassion, pity on us. For you, Heavenly Father, you knew what we were, what our frame was, like grass, here today, gone tomorrow. Like the flower that blooms in the morning, fades by evening. So you had incredible pity on us. We just want to thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you for your kindness, your compassion. Oh, Father, we just thank you. You are faithful, Lord. You know, Father, no one is worthy to preach your word, especially both of us. We have no background. We were never taught the word of God, how to preach. We were never trained in any of these things, Lord. But Lord, you've been faithful. Every year you've been faithful. And I just want to personally thank you, Lord, that you covered my weaknesses. You anointed the words. You healed people. You delivered set captives free. And I look back, it was you, Father. Who, which man is sufficient for things like this? No man, Lord. There was only one man. It was you. And I want to thank you, Jesus, for you were there always. When we fell, you were there. When we stood, you were there. When we were troubled, you were there. When we were at ease, you were there. One faithful person in our life, Jesus. We just want to thank you. Therefore, I have this confidence and that boldness even today. You will be faithful to your word. Help me to be faithful to your word. Come at this time into thy hands. Speak to us, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Pastor, with the next time we go on a fast like this, we'll buy suspenders. <laughs> It's a scary thing when you have to preach and to keep one eye on your belt. <laughs> so I see, he lost 12 kilos. Can you believe it? 12 kilos. I think I lost four. He lost. His, my four is equal to his 12, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I see a nine. We're six and seven. It's not a Christmas message, but that's where we all begin always, right? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government is upon his shoulder. And verse 7 says, the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. What are we waiting for? I don't know what you're waiting for. I can only speak more. My son, I get so tired and says, Lord, will you just come and finish this off? <laughs> tired. Day in and day out. You know. All the problems we individually face, families face, the whole world faces. In an instant, it will be over when Jesus comes. It's over. Government comes, and that's a government of peace. And righteousness is the standard. So never forget, when you are in 2021, the last dying hours, 
when we come to 2022 it simply means for me it simply means it's not a program it's not a service the kingdom has got one more year closer the king is closer than we think and lord i pray open our ears that we can actually hear in our spirit the hoofbeats of the horseman behold i saw him on that white horse crowned with many crowns dressed in a robe that is white but dipped in blood and he had a name that no one knew and his name was the word of god oh he's coming and it will be over it will be over one more year closer to that that's what we wait for that's what we are looking for and there is nothing in our life we have experienced or we will experience that will compare to that moment the revelation of jesus christ and we should be excited so one day his disciples asked jesus lord would you please teach us to pray and i saw something yesterday yesterday was no day for yesterday when i was preaching to the nepali church in luke chapter 11 and verse 1 and 2 now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he sees that one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray as john also taught his disciples to preach and i scratched my head lord i did not know that john taught his disciples to preach so pray I thought this was a one sentence preacher who only preached repent 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 and I thought oh John taught his disciples to pray and some of Jesus disciples were John's disciples so they said he taught us to pray but your prayer is different from his he was a praying man but your is a, it's a what what do you say it's a world apart your prayer would you please teach us to pray would you please teach us to pray So we are here, beginning of a new year, and he said, "This is how you need to pray." So he said to them, "When you pray, say, 'Our Father.' That's the most important thing. Most important thing that you actually should be able to say from your heart, 'My God is my Father.' It changes. It changes everything. It changes everything. I've heard." countless testimonies of incredible even men of god when they're going through unbelievable situations back against the wall literally facing death they just kept on saying father 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 and the peace came in everything was settled down our father what in heaven okay our father it's a family it's a family we are all children of a father born through his spirit the comfort of knowing the one who holds everything in his hand is your father he said this is how you need to pray don't come with tension and anxiety just come it's your father our father who art in heaven okay what in heaven it's not right here but he's with you but he's in heaven he controls then hallowed be thy name remember that Don't forget that. Hallowed be thy name. Okay. So make sure before 2021 is over. Make sure you are his child. 
Make sure, be very sure. Don't take these things for granted. Because in the kingdom of God, there is only place for children. There are no citizens, there are only children. Every child is a citizen of heaven. But you are first and foremost a child. Make sure, don't go wrong there, please. There is no entry into heaven to everybody. Heaven is a home. In that home, there are only children. In my father's home, house, there are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So be very sure you are born of God. And Jesus told one of the greatest religious teachers of his time, Nicodemus, you can enter into the kingdom of God only by being born of his spirit. If you are born of the spirit, from deep within, you will be able to actually say, Abba Father. Abba Father. You'll be able to say, Abba Father. You know. You know. You know that. You know that. You know that. I, I always have to go to my favorite little girl, Mad Matulika. How can I forget Matulika? Child of my old age. She used to sit there and she would never allow anybody in her hearing call me Papu. Never allowed. Just a no, no. Na, Papu. Until one day, Andrew said, Papu, you're sitting next. And she looked at me. I said, what can I do? He's my son. So, she, in her magnanimity from that day, allowed him to call me Okay. You know that confidence that comes, you know, my father. God is your father. I mean, we use the term father, but Hebrew is a very personal term, Abba. We say our father, but Jesus is not speaking to them in English. He's speaking to them in their Aramic and he's saying, call him Abba. Be very sure, you're born of the spirit. You belong to God and be a son who abides in the house. 2022, say, Lord, I'm tired of going in and out. I feel like a slave of sin most of the time. But 2022, I want to abide in your house. Stay in your house. I want to be a son who stays in the house. A daughter who stays. A son abides forever, is what Jesus said. John 3, 8.34 Son abides, daughter Son abides forever Then he said Hallowed be thy name Please understand that One of the first things We need to reorient our mind Or renew our mind 2022 Maybe till 2021 We were not very careful about it But go in that order in the Bible, Lord, I want to be zealous for your name in my life. It's not an ordinary name. We just heard four characteristics of that name when Pastor Vijay prayed. But we've been given that name. The power of that name, Joel says in Joel 2.32, anyone whosoever calls upon that name shall be saved. The power of that name. Anybody calls upon that name. God says, this is how you should pray. Learn to hallow. Learn to rever. Learn to respect. Learn to honor my name. 
See, he says, he's saying, children, do you know? That. You were given my name. You know? Remember my old stories of my childhood where I got double for the trouble? <laughs> Only reason, my dad was the principal. Only reason. I got double because he said, when you do something, it goes against my name. Your father is the principal. So be careful what you do. I will make an example out of you. Which is true. If you look into human history, no nation in the world has been disciplined like Israel has been disciplined. You know why? Because he said, Israel is my firstborn. I gave you my name. If you don't hallow my name, I will deal with you. So many of the things that is happening in our lives is not God is mad with us, but because he's given us his name. And I is saying, I will teach you to Bab ke beta mat birsina. Mat bholna kis ke beta hai Don't forget who your father is. I gave you my name. It's not a small thing. So that should be our prayer. We are not dealing with the Lord's prayer. So remember, the scepter of that kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. We don't even understand what that righteous level of that righteousness is. So the Bible says, the psalmist David says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We may not be interested in righteousness, but God is. God is. He said, I will push you, I'll spank you, I'll beat you, I will scourge you, I will chasten you, I will do everything. Why? Because you have to learn what righteousness is. Because that's who your father is. The holy and the righteous one. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let me tell you what he does to people. If you look at, we have two examples in the in the in the world. One is Israel, the physical example. And then is the church. The church is not a physical body. Though we may be here, we don't know where the church is. It's spread around the globe. But Israel is very easy. Israel's history is there. Israel's history is there. So physical picture is Israel, the nation. The spiritual picture is the church. So if you look at Israel, you can see what will happen to me, to you, and to the church. It's both our sons. One a natural branch, the other grafted it. Both are branches. So God said, if I did not spare the natural branch, I will not spare you too. So don't get mad. He's just acting like a father. Don't get offended. Don't get you need to understand how important for him is that we understand righteousness. So when Israel was brought out of Egypt, brought into the desert, God tells them this. This is what he says in Exodus 19. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, two conditions. Whenever God gets into a relationship with anybody, he makes a covenant. God does not have any relationship without a covenant. So if you say you are a child of God, you have entered into a covenant with him, which is called the new covenant. Understand that. 
He entered into an old covenant with Israel. He entered into a new covenant with us. With them, with the blood of lambs and goats. With us, with the blood of his own son. That's why at his last supper, Jesus says, Do this in remembrance of me till I come. What is that? This is the cup of my new covenant. Remember, we entered into every time you partake of that cup. You are saying, I belong to a relationship. A covenant relationship with God. A covenant cannot be broken. It's not like a contract. Contract can be broken. Covenant cannot be broken. If a covenant is broken, the one who breaks the covenant dies. That's the nature of the covenant. The only way you can break a covenant is by saying, I break the covenant and you die. That's why God died, so that we don't die, because we keep on breaking the covenant. So he says, obey my voice, keep my covenant, then this is what you shall be, a special treasure. You shall be me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And this is what you need to tell to Israel. Now understand, this is exactly what Peter tells about the new covenant. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. So characteristics have been changed. If you are part of the covenant, this is what God says. Only condition is this. Keep the covenant Listen to my voice. That is our trouble. Listen to my voice. Did they obey his voice? No. Did they keep his covenant? No. God has said, when you don't do that, all the terms of the covenant will come against you. And the worst thing he told to Israel, this is what will happen to in Deuteronomy 28, 64. Then the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods which neither you nor your forefathers, your fathers have known wood and stone. He said, you know what? I will scatter you to the ends of the earth. And he did. Let me tell you, we go to the ends of the earth looking for jobs. Not Israel. They were dispersed by the hand of God for century after century. You can name any nation except for Antarctica. They were scattered everywhere. And they, didn't, they weren't looking for jobs. They were not looking for jobs. They were scattered everywhere. Why? Because they broke the covenant. And they didn't obey his voice. And then God gave them a promise. It's a promise keeping God. God says, on the other hand, if you turn back, look at Deuteronomy 30. Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I said before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you, and you return to the Lord your God, obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. It was God who did it with Israel. Not when Iraq war took where in Air India was flying out all the people from India. C countries do that. Not with Israel. Israel is the only country in human history when God said, when you turn back, I will bring you back and he brought them back. No, there was no airlift. There's a supernatural move of God happening till 2021 during COVID. People are still coming back. And when you see that happening, you know the government is closer than you and I think. It is much closer than you and I think. It's coming closer and closer and closer and closer. But there is 
a physical return of Israel. The spiritual return of Israel hasn't happened. That is verse 6. You know what it says in verse 6? The Lord your God will circumcise your heart, the heart of your descendants, to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may love. That hasn't happened. The first thing happened. Second thing hasn't happened. To understand the gap between verses 1 to 5 and 6. He brought them physically. He hasn't brought them back spiritually. Why? What happened? We will look at that later. Now please remember, this is all supernatural acts of God. You cannot overrule it. No kingdom, no, every dispensation tried to destroy the Jews. They couldn't. If Hitler had his final solution, it did not work. Hitler died, Israel came. You cannot fight God. Cannot fight God. That's why you have to be very careful about how you deal with the nation of Israel. The current dispensation in US is hostile to Israel. You have to be very, very careful how you deal with that nation because God's eyes are on the, his eyes are only on two entities. One is Israel, the physical and the church. Only these. Now you and I cannot be part of Israel, but we become part of the church. In Ezekiel 36, this is what God again says. Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own ways and deeds. To me, their way was like uncleanness of a woman in her customary impurity. Therefore, I poured out my fury on them for the blood they had shed on the land, for their idols with which they had defiled it. So I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the countries. I judged them according to their ways and their deeds. When they came to the nations, wherever they went, they profaned my holy name. They profane my holy name. When they said of them, these are the people of the Lord, yet they have gone out of his land. But I had concern for my holy name. Which the house of Israel profaned among the nations wherever they went. Yes, can I have the next? Therefore say to the house of God of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. So please understand the principle. Once you have the name of God, there are a lot of things which God will do, not because you ask, but because he's zealous for his name. He's telling Israel, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for my name. I'm doing it for my name. So when we pray that prayer, hallowed be thy name, understand the implications. And I will sanctify my great name which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and the nation shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. He says, you know what, the difference, he's telling Israel, therefore he's telling us, because his ways don't change. He's saying that, when I bless you, nations will know I am your God. When I spank you, the nations will know I am your God. Both ways, they will know your God is different. Now you understand why Christians have more troubles than the others. And we blame the devil. God says, no, it's I. <laughs> Don't blame him always. I use him. But you mess my name up. You mess my name up. I will spank the daylights out of you. And you will have come for a watch night service, not sure whether it is night or day. For 
take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries and bring you into your own land. He say, you know, it's got nothing to do with you. I will do it. I will bring you out. Nobody can stop it when God has said, I will. Who can stop him? Nobody can stop him. And God did it. I will bring you. And then I will spring clean water. Wait a second. 25 hasn't happened. 24 has happened. 25 hasn't happened. He hasn't cleaned them yet. Why didn't he clean them? What was the block? Little later we will go. That is where we come in. We come in. You know what you say? Thank you Lord. They didn't allow any sprinkling. Therefore I got a few drops. 24 happened. 25 hasn't happened. But 25 will happen very soon. So keep that in mind. So it is not a watch night service. It's not a new year. We are preparing for something else. I'm not saying 2022 Jesus will come. I'm not saying Jesus will not also come. Because no man knows the day or the hour. I'm not saying he will come. I'm not saying he will not also come for the church. Because God sees only two entities on earth, Israel and his church. When I'm saying, I'm talking about not buildings and people who go in services. I'm not talking about them. Only he knows who's, who his are. I could look at things and say, ah, you're all saved. And I may be absolutely wrong. <laughs> only God knows. But I do believe you are saved. So the first act of God, he says in 24, I will take you out from. It's my job. I will do it. Supernatural act of God. I will. When he said that, who is he saying? Ezekiel. When did Ezekiel live? Almost 600 years before Jesus. 2,600 years later, roughly, let's say 2,550 years later, it came to pass. Who would have thought it would be possible? Who will say something 2,500 years ago and it come to pass in our time? Because the word of God never goes void. A virgin shall give birth. 600 years later it happened. 2,400 years later, Israel. Look at how Isaiah prophesies. Again, same time, roughly all same time. Isaiah 60. 66, 7 and 8. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pains came, she delivered a milk. And he will talking about whose delivery is she talking about? Look at it. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? So it's not talking about a child. It's talking about a nation. Who was the child that was born at once? Israel. 2,400 years, you are not there. One day you are there. You test that. And the forces of that world, the controlling empire of the world, the British Empire, did everything possible except declare war to see it wasn't possible. Not to see that Israel came into being and it still came into being. And the movement, the people's movement, it was called the Zionist movement. And the Zionist movement leaders wanted to name that new country Zion. God didn't allow it. He said it's Israel because it is written. It's not Zion. It is Israel. If you look at their history, around the last minute they changed and named it Israel. Why? It is written. Not Zion will come back. Israel will come back. You can't overrule God's word. Why? Then we with great respect 
and fear. We read the word of God and realize this word is prophetic. What he says comes to pass. It comes to pass. So in 1948, in the month of May, May 14, I think, Israel came into being. So 73 years are over. Okay. And it was God who did it. Now, let us see, where do we come in all this? How does what happen? Because Moses had, I, I said two days back, no? one of these days, I don't know which day I said. Get confused, no? I said, there were three men, there must be other men, three men in the Bible who prayed this prayer, Lord, teach me your ways. One was Moses, other was David, and the other was Paul. I want to know Christ. All three finished very well. If you really want to finish well, it's not how you start, it's irrelevant. It's good if you have a good start, but how you finish matters. In the kingdom, if you want to finish well, pray this prayer, Lord, teach me your ways, show me your paths, and cause me to walk in it. You'll finish well. It should be a heart's prayer. David prayed, Moses prayed, Paul prayed. All three finished well. The only funeral God personally attended was Moses. David fulfilled God's purpose in his generation, rested with his fathers. Paul saw his crown while he was living. All three finished well. It's a good prayer. Why is it so important? Because the Bible says Moses prayed and the psalm says God showed his ways to Moses. So if you see the ways of God with Israel, you will see his ways with the church is also similar. With us are also similar. Oh, that is why this is happening in my life. Because God does not change. If you know his ways, you will know who he is. Know who he is. So let's go to the book of Joel, chapter 2. How was this supposed to happen? Okay. And it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my men servants and maid servants shall pour out my spirit and all this. This was actually for them. It was not for us. It was actually for them. That this is how we would sprinkle the water of the Holy Spirit upon them, the Holy Spirit, and you would cleanse them, sanctify them, fill them, give them gifts and power. Then Israel would go to the ends of the world and evangelize the world. That was his original plan. That's why it happened only the Jews in the beginning. That was his plan. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 Peter says, it shall come to pass in the last days. This is revelation. How Holy Spirit speaks the same thing through two people in through times. And gives us what it means in our time. You go, if you can flip back to Joel and then back to Acts 2.17, you need to look over there. Read the first sentence carefully. And then it shall come to pass. I had brought my... What is written over there? Afterward, afterward, what is this afterward? How does Peter see it? Through the Holy Spirit, he says, last days. So Joel's afterward is interpreted for us as the last days. So the last days began 
on the day of Pentecost. It began. And remember, when God says a day, he says a day is like a thousand years. Okay? But remember, it was not meant for us. It was meant for Israel. And Jesus was very clear about it. Look at his instruction when he's sending his disciples in Matthew 10. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter a city of the Samaritans. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was very clear about it. That's why the Canaanite woman said, Nope, I've come for Israel. The gospel war first for Israel. And his original plan was Israel would evangelize the world. On the day of Pentecost, what happened? Some Jews received, most rejected. Rejection is going on, going on. Some are receiving, most are refusing, refusing, refusing. It reaches a climax in Acts chapter 13 in Antioch. Not the Antioch from where the disciples were sent. Another Antioch is called an Antioch in Pisidia. This is what happened. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. We turn to the Gentiles. He said, okay, that's it. Now, they are not speaking on their own. The Holy Spirit is speaking through them. You rejected life. We are turning to the Gentiles. Few Cornelius house Gentiles and all have saved. But the gospel has not really gone to the Gentiles. Now, officially, the gospel is now going to the Gentiles. And we all say, thank you, Lord. It came to us. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have sent you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the world. Now, when you look at it, why this is important is, Paul, through Revelation, Romans chapter 11, gives us something that will happen in the last days, our days, probably our days. The Lord tarries to come. I don't know. Because of mercy, he tarries to come. If he doesn't. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles has come in. God, God saying, you know, I deliberately now blind the Jews. I brought them back, but I will not sprinkle my Holy Spirit upon them. Blindness has happened to them until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Nobody knows that when it is. The last Gentile in God's book gets in, church is over. He turns back to Israel. That's why I get fascinated and scared when we hear reports coming from mission field of Gentiles turning in their thousands to Christ during times like this. Because they are coming in. The fullness of Gentiles has come in. God has said time. We don't know that time. He told your children, he told Abraham, your descendants will be slaves, born slaves, until the sin of the Amorites is full. Nobody knew when it was. But when it was full in the spiritual realm, Joshua marched in and massacred everybody and said, get out. That was God's fullness. Okay. 
Mankind is crying, groaning, waiting, waiting, waiting. The Bible says, in the fullness of time, Jesus came, born of a woman, under the law. Only God knew. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, when the Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit came. God has his time. Nobody knows that. So be very careful. Don't take it for granted. That's why Isaiah says, seek him when he may be found. When the last Gentile, we don't know the number, we don't know the time, we don't know the hour, we don't know the second. When the last Gentile gets in, God says, over. Now I turn to Israel. I turn to Israel. That's what he's saying. Until the fullness of Gentiles has come in. And what will happen then? For I do not decide. Okay, 26. Yeah, can I have 26? Yeah. And so all Israel will be saved. Whatever Israel is remaining after that, how many people are there? I believe it will be tribulation, antichrist, they will accept as a false messiah, they will accept as a real messiah, he will turn against them, he will kill lots of them, but whoever is left, when God turns, he will save every Jew. Every Jew will be saved, not one will be left. This is a supernatural work of God because he made a covenant with Abraham and then through Moses. So get these pictures in. When you read Bible, it is stranger than fiction. Because it is true. It's better than the best mystery novel. It will hold you because it is really events taking place right before our eyes. People spend hours watching news. This is news, up to date. Future events also predicted. And it will not go wrong. It will not go wrong. This is news. It's not just good news. This is current news. I like, what was his name? I forgot who didn't allow a newspaper into his house. So, please be careful. Don't, I'm not saying be afraid. Be careful. Pray that prayer, like Paul said in Corinthian church, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. So you will see different pictures, all the minor prophets and from Jeremiah, Isaiah onwards, after Israel is judged, you see this picture of how God deals with Israel. One of the pictures is in the book of Joel. In Joel chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, this is what he says. Hear this, you elders, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation. What is that? What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. What the crawling locust has left, the consuming locust has eaten. Let me tell you. This is an incident in their history where locusts came, ate the, the crops, and there was famine. Would God record this if it is only that? No. It's much more than that. This locust is a picture to us. We understand what this is. These locusts are demonic beings allowed by God to attack his people. Because later he will say, my mighty army that I send. What happened to Israel? 
This is what happened to the church. The church has been eaten away by locusts, by porn, by drugs, by sex scandals. You name it, worldliness, legalism. These are the locusts that have eaten God's people. And he says, see, see, watch. Look at the Christian nations, the so-called Christian nations. You know what? Our devastation has happened in the population. There is nobody, I'm talking about generally looking, who seeks after God. Families are gone. Youth are gone. Everybody's heart. You know what? The locusts have eaten. Desolation. Chapter 1 of Joel is desolation. Chapter 2 of Joel is the cry. And God says, I heard your cry. It is genuine. I'll bring restoration. And chapter 3 is time for judgment. So you have to look at the picture. When Israel is restored, that means the next thing left is judgment. Okay. So when desolation is happening to Israel, and these are God's ways, how did they come out of it? Or how were they told to come out of it? We learn in our personal lives, our homes, our churches, and for our nations. And that's how leaders are supposed to respond. Spiritual leaders and national leaders look into the word of God and realize there is only one way they can turn from this disaster that is coming, reacting as God has said. Because his ways never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that is this book of Joel. And we shall look at it. What Joel says. Restoration. Okay? So what should I do? What should I do? Question is, what should I do? Individual. Because you are a royal priesthood. If you are saved, you are a priest. You are not a pastor. But you are a priest, meaning you serve God. You serve God. In whatever capacity you serve God. And priests have one function. What should I do? This is what the Bible says first. Joel 1 and verse 14. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God. And cry out to the Lord. That's why on 11th the Lord told me, go on a 21 day fast. We don't have to go with, it. Does, the world does not have to understand what we are doing, but the world will never understand what we are doing. We go by the voice of God. God says, go on a fast. Pray out. Because judgment is close. This is the season of desolation. Don't you see the desolation around, even in your own church? Desolation. Because when you look at our own church, sometimes you wonder, has blindness happened to Israel or to the church? Who is blind? Why are we not moved? Why are we so caught up in the world? Why are we not animated by this fact? His coming is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. Why are we not able to hear? Why is there no zeal? Why is there no fire? This is what the Lord says. First thing he demands is, cry out. Cry out. Consecrate a fast and cry out. And 2022, he said it over to those who are regularly coming. It should be your personal lifestyle to fast. You decide with God which day, how you want to do. And to cry out, oh Lord. Cry out, Lord. We'll see what we need to cry out. Verse chapter 2, verse 14, 12. Now therefore says the Lord, 
after crying out, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting. That's why we had entire study on the purpose of fasting for weeks together. Because the first fundamental lesson God says is that, when all these things happen, when my people who are called by name, only they, by my name, will humble themselves. First thing is that, first thing comes first, humble themselves. Pray, two, seek, three, four, turn. Because unless we seek, we don't even know what to turn from because we will think that we are good. When we seek God, God will show what all things we need to turn from. The first thing is humble. And one practical way in the Bible, the Bible says you can humble is by fasting. Fasting is a tool given in the kingdom of God by the affliction of your soul. There are so many things connected with fasting. It's not a time for that. But remember, that's why he says, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. This weeping and mourning happens when we turn to God with all our heart. Draw near me, and I will draw near you. As soon as God draws near you, he shows all that we have done against the person who loves us most. When the spirit moves, there will be a weeping and mourning in your prayer closet. You will say, Lord, I really am sorry. I really. This is all spiritual. This happened. That's how you know the Holy Spirit is there. Holy Spirit is there. When sometimes when in a mass gathering, when the Holy Spirit is moving over the congregation, why do people uncontrollably weep? It is a spirit weeping because they know they have hurt God. This is not a theory. This is practical. When you draw near to God, things will happen. It's between you and God. Sometimes it happens in a whole congregation, but it has to happen in your closet. Turn to me with all your heart. And verse 15 and 16, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. Look, nobody is left out. Gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Everybody. Because what is the point of getting married today if tomorrow is judgment? think. What's the point of nursing your baby if the child is going to be die under the sword tomorrow? Only God can avert the danger. So God says, call. Call. Desolation is coming. I am the only one who can turn it around. Call a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Let everybody come in and join. And what are they supposed to do? Verse 17. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the pots and the altar. Let them say, spare your people. What is the cry? Lord, spare your people. This is the cry. Lord, spare your people. Look at that. Do not let your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? God says, I will tell you how you need to cry out. Lord, the church is your people. Look at Lord around the church. They are laughing at the church. Divorce is more in the church than out in the world. Drug addicts are more 
with Christian names than in the world. Alcoholics are more among Christians than in the world. You name anything of iniquity, it's the Christian who is first. And Lord, your name. Whether they like it or not, everybody who is a drug addict is a Thomas, a David. Your name. Everybody who is falling has your name. Lord, why should the Gentiles laugh at them and say, where is your God? Would you, Lord, spare your people? That should be the motivation. That should be the motivation. We are zealous for his name. And we, weekdays, when we pray for America, we are not praying for America. We are praying for the church in America, the foremost Christian nation for 300, 200 years. Lord, the name, your name in that nation is a reproach, O oh Lord. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. One more chance, O oh Lord. Spare your people because that nation, their founding fathers made a covenant with you and wrote one nation under God. And now they are a reproach to the nations, O oh Lord, for thy name's sake. Have mercy on them. That's why we pray. If people will wonder, why is this little church in Hyderabad praying for America? Do you know how many pastors from US have written to us thanking us for praying for them? Because they understand we are one. And it is his name. We don't have two fathers, one father, two countries. And it is our name of our father, it is at reproach. And we say, Lord, spare your people. Say, spare your people. And God will be zealous. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the power of a man or a woman who is able to stand in the gap and cry out to God to spare a nation, telling him, Lord, Remember your name. Remember your name. Turn to Numbers 14 and verse 15. I didn't give it. Could somebody please come and draw a pour that, whatever that is there for me. Yes, Pastor, thank you. you know, 14, 15. This is Moses. God says, Moses said, I'm going to destroy this nation. All of them. Every father and mother, I'm going to kill them. And I'll take the ones below 20 into Israel. Step aside. You know what he said? You have to listen to his argument. And of his final argument is this, Lord, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, you know, if you can give me the next, because the Lord was not able to bring his people, your God does not have power. That's why he killed his people. It's a reproach to your name. Reproach to your name. Lord, don't do this. Don't do this. Do you know what will happen to your name? What the people will say? He could break, bring them out, but he could not take them in. The gods of Canaanites are more stronger. Don't do it. And in verse 20, you know what God said? The Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. One man. Just one man, because he was zealous for the name of God and cried out to God, spare your people. Judgment was averted. 
power of prayer. That's what Jesus is teaching. It is not to be mentioned every day like a mantra. Understand what he's saying. My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh Lord, for the sake of your name, I am zealous for your name. You do mighty things for your name. Your mighty and great name, Lord. Spare my people, Lord, for thy name's sake. God says, this is the way leaders need to pray. Lord, spare, spare, spare. Spare your people, Lord. Forgive them, Lord. Don't in your anger destroy them, Lord. Because I know you are. You are a merciful God. You are a loving God. You are a kind God. Let this be our prayer in 2022. Lord, as God's royal priesthood, it is not a title. It is an office. In that office, you need to function by praying. Even if you have nothing to do in the church, in your prayer closet, as a servant of God, cry out to the Lord for thy name's sake. Spare your people. In my village, in my town, in my state, in my country, spare your people, Lord. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Let me ask you this question. Why will he spare his people when we pray? Romans 8, I didn't give it that to. Romans 8 and verse 32. Because he did not spare his own son, he will spare us. Understand that, why we get away. Why do we get away with the things that we do? Because the father did not spare his own son, he will spare us when we cry out. Understand, it is not free, it is not coming because of anything. He's sparing us, he's sparing us, he's sparing us. But he told his son, I will not spare you. Three times the son cried to the father, Father, would you take this cup away? Father said, No, no, you I will not spare. You have your choice either I spare you and finish them off, or I finish you off and spare them. He said, Thy will, not my will. Don't spare me. Don't spare me. Spare them. Spare them. Understand what it means. When your life changes, even if it is 10 minutes a day, your prayer life changes this way, you will see everything starts changing. You see life differently. Suddenly you see you have a ministry. Soon you will see the Holy Spirit putting burdens in your heart for people you never heard or knew and you become an intercessor. And there is no great job on planet earth than to be an intercessor because Jesus for 2000 years is an intercessor. The Bible says he's a high priest who forever makes intercession for the saints. You have just become one in that line. Just do this. Do this. And then you will realize what happens. Even children can. I was happy this time. Even children were fasting. Praying. Worshipping. On their own. Teach your children. They are very powerful. I get to tell pastors. My prayer, slow delivery. Children's angel, express delivery. That's what the Bible says. He says, their angels have always access to the Father. Huge queue waiting with requests. Angels. But children's angels going quick, 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 quick. God says, don't stop any child's angel here. Bring them right in. Because when they try to stop the children, God said, don't stop them. You don't know what happens over there. Teach your children to pray. Little ones to pray. 
The hearts are innocent. There's no guile in them. Teach them in simple ways to pray. And it is powerful. The more people pray, understanding God's will and God's ways. You know what? God says, I will move. I will move. He will have pity. He will have pity. Verse 18, Joel. Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. When we pray this prayer, spare your people, remember your name. God will be zealous for his land. Zealous for his people. And he will have pity on his people. He will have pity on his people. What does he do? Verse 25. So I will restore. He starts restoring. What the ears, the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army which I send among you. You think Satan is a free being. He says no. He does what I tell him to do. And our limits have been drawn for him. He doesn't cross that limit with my children. But I will use him to teach my children a lesson to come back. My great army. It's a demonic beings. For us, spiritual application. There in one incident, these are locusts that eat. But that's not what it means. That's not what it means. And how does he bring, do this restoration? I will restore. How does the restoration take place? Remember, everything is the work of God's spirit. Verse 28 is the word. It shall come to pass afterward. When they cry out, I will be zealous. I will take pity upon them. And I will say, I will restore. How does he restore? By pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Do you remember Genesis chapter 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was dark, it was void, darkness covered the surface of the earth because something had happened. God did not create the earth void. There is something between Genesis 1 and 3. Something happened over there. The whole thing is messed up. Maybe the first rebellion, we do not know because the Bible says in Ezekiel and in Isaiah that Satan was uh, in the Garden of Eden, walking around in his original glory. So something happened over here. The whole thing was messed up. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit starts restoring creation. Restoration is the supernatural work of the Father through the word of his Son, by his spirit. So when you and I are restored, the Holy Spirit starts moving in us and over us. That is the work. That's how it happens. That is why God says, don't resist him. Don't grieve him. Don't quench him. Don't test him. Don't lie to him. Because he is the only one who can do my work in you. Do my work in you. So there is a restoration that took place physical of Israel. Who did it? The Holy Spirit did it. Did Israel know? No. God knew. Like I, like I said to the Nepali church, like I told the Nepali church, do you know Noah was told to build the ark and everything, dimensions, everything is given and then he said, uh, you have to bring two of every kind of animal into the ark. And you think about it, how is that possible? 
If it took 120 years to build the ark, it will take another 120 years to get these animals in. And in the meantime, many will die on the way too. That's not what God said. God said they will come to you. Read Genesis 6 carefully. They will come to you. The Holy Spirit told from India, Mr. Mrs. Hathi, go there. Two Bengal tigers, they were not Bengalis those days. <laughs> they were told, go that side. Who did it? The Holy Spirit did. It is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. In the same way, in the fullness of time came in, God told the people of Israel, dispersed for 2,500 years, Indians speaking Malayalam, those in Bombay speaking their tongue, the Chinese Jews speaking Chinese, the Naga Jews speaking Naga language, told them all, time to go home. And supernaturally, God started moving people back to their land. They didn't know it was the work of the Holy Spirit. They came back to their forefathers country which was never a country for 2500 years and brought back a nation and brought back a language that had died they brought their language back and every nation tried to destroy them they couldn't be destroyed they were outnumbered one two thousand by their enemies what god has planted cannot be uprooted When all the Arab nations in the 1960s went on a war with them, in six days they defeated all the Arab nations and on the seventh day they rested because they are still under that covenant. They did not fight the seventh day because it is Sabbath for them. God said, in six days I will defeat all your enemies. Right before our eyes, things are happening. And then, previous presidency in America, President Trump, did the unthinkable, which no American president was willing to do. He shifted the capital of the embassy of America from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. The most important embassy in any country is America's embassy. He said, to Jerusalem. I accept Jerusalem as the eternal capital of Israel. Things, that's why they were mad at him. Because the Antichrist forces were angry at that poor man who did not know what he was getting into at that time. Because he stood for Israel and stood for God's church. Two entities God looks at. He told the pastors, I got your back. And he told Israel, I got your back. And they went after him. Understand why? How is it possible? They took him down. They took him down. Why? The reign of the Antichrist is getting closer and closer and closer. So don't sit there and worry about tomorrow. Start getting excited about the kingdom. So how does he do his work? This is how he does. He will restore. How does he rest? When he rests. When the, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, what happens? Look at verse uh, 24. I, I think I gave you 24. Yeah, be glad, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. We know what it means. It is talking about the Holy Spirit for them, symbolic with harvest. With us, it is the Holy Spirit. That's the symbolism. Look at verse 24. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. 
What will happen before the end comes? What is the threshing floor? Paul says, sorry, John the Baptist says, the Holy Spirit is at the threshing floor. His winnowing fork, that is the place where the souls are gathered. The threshing floors will be full of it. There is an end time harvest that is coming like no man has ever seen. You may not even see it, but it is happening. And God says, when that happens, the vat shall flow with new life and new anointing. What does wine stand for? It stands for the new birth, the new life of Christ, and a new anointing will fill the world like world has never seen. You know why? Because a set of people stood in their closets, pastors stood in their churches, they sat in the closets and cried out to God and said, Oh Lord, remember your name, remember your name. Your people are at reproach. Spare, spare, spare. And God said, I shall be zealous and I will pity and I will do my work. I will begin the restoration. Don't get carried away by the things that is happening. Don't get fooled by the things of that happening. Most of the things that is happening really have no meaning unless you see God's timeline, including COVID. It's got to do with God's timeline. Kingdom is getting closer and closer and closer. He said, when these things happen, it's the beginning of labor pains. What happens after labor pains? A child is born. Oh, after labor pains in one day, a nation was born called Israel in 1948. When the labor pain is complete, in one millisecond, a new nation called the Holy Nation will be born and taken away. Labor pains are near. Another child nation is about to be born, which no man knows who all are. But Revelation says from every language, every time, every tongue, there is a multitude that could not be counted. But they are one nation, a holy nation. That nation is about to be born. And the Bible says the sons of God, the angelic hosts are groaning. All of creation is groaning to know who they are. Even they don't know. It's a mystery. That's what Paul says, you know what? This church is a mystery. The mystery of God hidden for ages. Hidden for ages. You should get excited. You should tell your non-believing friend, don't waste time on mystery novels. Read me. I am a mystery. So the question is, how will this happen? How will this happen? Look at 23. This is how it will happen. Be glad then you children of Zion. Rejoice when you hear this word Zion. Go back in your memory bank to the book of Hebrews and remember the church is called Zion. Israel is called Zion. The church is called Zion. So you inhabitants of the church, Zion, rejoice in the Lord your God for he has given you the former reign faithfully. When did it happen? Those are 2000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. The former reign came and one day, 3,000 were saved in Jerusalem. And then they started getting saved, 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 saved. But he says, at the end, what will happen? That rain will continue. But at the end, he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. I don't want to get into there because it may scare you. Because Jesus says, okay, we'll get into that later. Remember, okay, in your memory bank, put a pause over there, underline in your brain the first month. If you know how to underline you in your brain, do it. Okay. Now go to the parallel. These are all minor prophets, but they are all talking the same thing. Look to Hosea. 
chapter 6 1 and 2 come let us return to the lord for he has torn but he will heal us he has stricken but he will bind us up who did it the lord how did he lead it send the locusts send pestilence send foreign armies send earthquakes send famines i beat you up nicely why you have my name One of the questions I used to ask my father, what did I do this time? When you get home, I'll tell you. <laughs> tell you. You may think you didn't do anything, but I know you did something which didn't fit in with my name. Okay, that's what he's talking. He has, he will heal us. He has stricken, he will bind us. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. So there are three days. And through Peter we know, a day is a thousand years. So two thousand years on the third day, the church will rise. Third day, he will Two days, he will do lots of things of disciplining, making us to walk in his ways of faithfulness and righteousness and holiness and all that stuff he will do in our life. And we don't understand why we are under so much pressure. He says, because you are not becoming what I told you to become. You took my name. You got into the covenant. Now walk. Now walk. And how does it happen? Third words. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain. Like the latter and the former rain together. So the spirit is speaking through another prophet in another place and saying the same thing. How will it happen? The latter rain and the former rain will come together to finally have a people prepared for God. Go to Luke chapter 13. Let us hear from the Lord's own mouth. Let us say what he says. On that very day, some Pharisees came saying to him, Get out, depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. On the third day, I shall be perfected. On the third day, the church shall be perfected. When does that happen? First month of the third month, third day. Now remember, a day for a Jew is different for a day for us. Go read Genesis, evening and the morning was the first day. The evening and the morning was the second day. The evening and the morning was the third day. They don't count like us. They count from evening 6 to morning 6 and morning 6 to evening 6. So when the second day is about to close, it gets very dark. That is the darkness we see in the world. We don't know actually. Time frame, I don't want to give you when a time frame over there. Because the Bible says in the last days, I will bring my people back. That would technically mean on May 2000, uh, 1948, the last days began. I just randomly did a calculation. I'm not good at math like Pastor Vijay, okay? But 73 years till Israel came into being. If a day is a thousand years, then a, a thousand years, then you divide one day into 12 months, then one month is 83 years. That means 73 years are over. Ten more years left. So you look around the world and you see the craziness of accelerating the coming of the Antichrist so that Christ can come. Because they all come around the same time. 
controlling of human beings the covid passports the markings the cctv control everybody being monitored why god can watch everyone and the christ cannot he needs technology god doesn't need technology so when you see these things happening god says don't worry lift up your head now we go to the new covenant and see what james said not me the great james chapter 5 in chapter 5 1 to 6 he is talking about how terrible it will be first six verses about the people of the world in the last days especially the rich have you noticed during this covid especially during this covid the rich got very rich and the poor got very poor the rich are getting richer and 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 james chapter 5 1 to 6 is to them and it's about the last days you can whatever you can play about economic inequality what will happen is written will happen the rich will get richer because it is written and the riches will testify against them and they will be judged because riches is given for one purpose for the kingdom so the bible says in verse 7 therefore be patient brethren did i did i give, yeah seven and eight therefore be patient brethren until the coming of the lord see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the ah he's who's the farmer that is jesus jesus is the farmer he's waiting for the out final outpouring of the holy spirit and the harvest will come he says wait be patient patient was many thousands here many millions there you look and the under the altar all the souls are crying how long lord god says a little more little more what are you waiting for harvest time there's one more outpouring one more final harvest then the end will come you also be be patient establish your hearts for the coming of the lord is at hand so don't randomly read your bible ask lord help me to connect this and this help me to know that's what he was telling the pharisees you're so good at the weather you see the sun there and says tomorrow clear sky tomorrow rain how come you don't know how to read the signs and he gave them a sign he said when the fig tree blossoms and the other trees blossom he said fig tree and other trees 1948 israel fig tree 1947 india you look in that 40s to 50s onwards suddenly all around the world trees were blossoming new democracy new democracy new democracy new de- nations were all becoming suddenly free why it was written when the fig tree blossoms together with that other trees will start blossoming when israel becomes a nations god will allow other countries to become nations you just go into your google and type out 1940 to 1960 70 how many countries became independent you will be shocked by the number because when the fig tree blossoms other trees will blossom that's a sign he said i give you so we should be excited should be excited the third day remember the third day Joel 2 and verse 25 So I will restore to you the ears the swarming locust has eaten the crawling locust has eaten 
the consuming i want to give you another verse also connected with that i didn't give it to you but let's go to joel 2 so we understand sometimes people do not understand what is happening joel 2 okay got to yeah i'll give it to you Yeah, read from verse 18 to 21. Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people because we pray. Okay? The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. This is the word that will feed your spirit. This is the new life and this is the anointing for us. I will reply. While on other place, people are going back and forth because of the famine of the hearing of the word. To those who cry, I will give them an abundance of my bread. A new life and new anointing. I will give it to you. You will be satisfied by them and I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Actually, the nations will be stunned by you, will be scared of you because they will know your God is in your midst. They will not, they won't, you won't be a reproach. He says, churches, if they choose to believe what I say and cry out, you won't be a reproach. The nations will be afraid of you because they will know their God is in their midst. And go to verse 20. I will remove far from you the northern army. will drive him back into a barren and desolate land with his face toward the eastern sea, his back towards the western sea. His stench will come up. His foul order will rise because he has done monstrous thing. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? That's why when you do deliverance ministry, and cast out demons, the place stings. Because when the demons leave, the place stinks. So what does it apply to? In the first day and the second day, I will heal and I will cast demons. He says, when the demonic increases in the last of last days, the anointing too will increase in the last of last days, and I will cast them out of the churches which believe, and they will leave leaving the stink behind. One of the tra translations for this foul order, I'm telling you experientially and from other pastors who do this thing, you get the stench of sulfur. You know why? That's what hell stinks off. So this is not talking to Joel's generation, it's talking to us. I'll cast them out. The locusts that ate you up. The demonic. Because the devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And the demonic has eaten away the church. The worldwide church. Visible church. Eaten away. The young generation has gone completely into the world. Into drugs, into porn. You name it. Older generation, lethargic. Younger generation, lost. Why? Because the priesthood failed. They never cried out, spare your people. They took them into the world and say, this is the blessing of the Lord, prosper them, health and wealth. All that is part of the gospel. But that is not the gospel. That is behind the gospel. It's a result of obeying God. And you know what? People went right into the world and the demonic took over. 
let me let me honestly be honest you don't have to raise your hands or nothing you heard all these things and jesus could come anytime let's honestly be absolutely honest how many of you deep inside are actually excited very few and you ask yourself why am i not able to get excited you think it's normal i'm not pulling your legs but putting it in factual terms you are not excited about the son of man but you are excited about spider man let me ask you this question simple question go back for everybody who saw it go back and see how did you sit in your chairs in the theater was it this attitude no you were at the end standing <gasps> why and no excitement for the real thing it's not normal it's demonic and you should be able to cry out lord spare me i hear what is true it doesn't move me i was telling uh, brother david who is with me i said the latest matrix has come i said i just looked at the trailer at the beginning i said did you know it's a freemason thing entire thing is free it's a demonic freemason thing and the first thing that guy kino the fellow asked kino reeves is what regard you triggering is a term in freemasons how the altars are then the altar has to be brought out by a trigger and the movie begins with the freemasonry thing it's a demonic spider man is a demonic superman is a demonic you takes your mind of the real superman who humbled himself right from birth till his death hung on a cross to save us that is a superman do you ever see superman like that in movies no so it causes you to think differently therefore when the real superman comes you do not desire him you see no beauty in him you do not desire you know why because our minds have been messed up by the fake therefore we do not get excited by the real that's a problem that exactly is the problem so when we tell you something there is a reason there is a reason there is a reason i'm not even saying you shouldn't see movies i'm saying wait be solid in the word of god absolutely solid in the word of god heart stayed on the word mind controlled by the spirit of god once you watched one minute of the movie you will put it off because you will know this is not kosher like i was telling i was telling my wife america got talent britain got talent i will tell you how many of the kids who come there perform are demonic and not normal i could tell you how many of the sportsmen you pay to watch are demonic and not normal their skills are not normal it is demonic because you get it freely now the last is demonic will increase my question is do you want to watch that because there are no games anyway it's all industry that's why god says there will be a separation in the last days one set will become more and more unrighteous one set will become more and more unrighteous so let be nobody is stopping you god won't stop you because he gave us the free will our job is to pray and cry spare them lord spare them so his back towards his stench will come up his foul order will rise because he has done what monstrous things terrible things he has done among god's people 
But when God moves, what is the next? Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for God has done marvelous things. When the devil does monstrous things, cry out to the Lord who will do marvelous things. You see, the first day and the second day, I will do marvelous things in your midst. I will heal you and I will deliver you. And on the third day, I will perfect you. God has a parallel work. Question is, which will you receive? Which do you want? Which you want? We need to realize, we need to be very, very honest because churches are some of the most oppressed places when it should be some of the most free places. You, know? you just have to go. You yourself should go to, go to the back and see during worship how, how difficult you find to worship God when it should come so spontaneously looking at Jesus. What he has actually done. Why do we struggle? You know why? The locusts have eaten. The crawling locusts, the swarming locusts, eaten away our minds, eaten away our feelings, eaten it all away. And we hear it and we struggle. And then we finish the service, we go back to our house of locusts. God says, spare my people. Spare my people. The third day is here. So God says in Joel 2.25, He will restore. I will restore to you the years. I will restore. What is the first thing God has to restore? You look into the Bible, you will see. What is the first thing God has to restore? Because if you don't have the first Rest cannot follow. The first thing he will restore is the message. We will go back to the original message. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. You take the kingdom off, the message changes. What is the gospel? The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. That's why this Christmas the Lord told me, tell them what it means. Christmas Day, it means the government is upon his shoulders. And ask your people, on whose shoulders is the government? Which gospel have they behaved, believed? I gave you the words today in, uh, in the morning. It's from Isaiah 6, uh, 33, 32, and 34. Yeah, 33 or 36. I think 33, 32, 34. Yeah, the morning words I gave you, 33, 32. Yeah. Yes. All the inhabitants will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven of their iniquity. The inhabitants of God's kingdom will be actually say, you know what, I'm not sick. There's no sickness in my body. There's no sickness in my mind. All the locusts have been driven off. When will that happen? Look at the other verse. Yeah, 22. The Lord is my judge. The Lord is my lawgiver. The Lord is my king. When you are able to say that, there will be no sickness and all iniquity will be forgiven. Now you look at this and let me explain to you what this is. The Lord is our judge. What is that? Judiciary. The Lord is my lawgiver. What is that? The parliament, the Congress, the parliament, not our Congress, the American Congress, the parliament. The Lord is our king, the executive, the prime president. If you look at the American system, the judiciary is the judge. The Lord is our Lawgiver is the 
Congress or the Parliament, and the Lord is our King, is the President. All three become one in your heart. You have one judge, one lawgiver, one king. And you listen to his voice and you decide what is right, what is wrong. He tells you what to watch, what not to watch, what to eat, what not to eat, what to wear, what not to wear, what profession to choose, what profession not to choose. Because he is king, he is judge, he is lawgiver inside. He says when you come, the church comes to that point, there will be no sickness and there will be no iniquity. All your iniquity is forgiven because there are no locusts you have been restored. Why? The kingdom gospel. I was telling, I was telling the church, asking the church, you go through Paul's life. He was beaten practically to death many times, shipwrecked, hungry, went through everything, but not a single epistle does it mention he was sick. Never. He was stoned to death and left and the disciples prayed. He got up and continued preaching. Went to the next town and preached. You know why? Because he knew who his king was. He knew who his judge was. He knew who his lawgiver was. This is the gospel. So if restoration has to take place, we have to first go back to the gospel. The gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. That is the gospel. It is the kingdom of God. It's not my kingdom. It's in your, not your kingdom. Okay? So as we are here, second thing he will do, once the message is restored, he will restore the ministry. The kingdom of God is built on the ministry of the apostles and the prophets. The ministry will be restored. The third thing he will do, the gifts will be restored because he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. The old men shall prophesy, the young men shall dream, see dream and visions. Three things will happen because that happened in the beginning. It will be, happen even more in the end. The kingdom gospel will go forth. The ministry gifts, if you look in Ephesians 4, you will see the fivefold ministry are ministry gifts from Jesus. That will be restored. And then finally, the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be restored. Because you need all this to contend with the powers of darkness. Without that, you are not going to win. It's not going to win. There is no way you can win without that. The restoration. In Matthew 24, when Jesus was asked, what are the signs of your coming and what will be the sign of your end? Or the, what is the sign of the end of this age? Jesus gave a lot of signs. And then he gave one sign and the end will come. Look at the sign. Matthew 24, 13 to 14. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, then the end will come. Only one thing left. One thing left for the end to come. The gospel has to reach every nation. Now let me tell you today, under COVID restrictions, I believe every day tens and thousands are getting saved through the internet. How will you know the fullness of Gentiles has come in? How will you know? How will you know? 
Even under Taliban rule, they are listening to the gospel on the internet. Iran, they are listening. Saudi Arabia, listening. Every place, China, they are listening. Every place, they are listening. And the Holy Spirit is supernaturally moving all the people who are seeking Him and showing them what to listen to. They are getting saved. How will you and I know? Only one thing is said. The gospel has to reach every nation. It is impossible for the gospel to reach in these last days through man. It has to be supernatural because restrictions have come everywhere. Even in India, you cannot have a crusade anymore. You cannot even openly preach. But it's still happening. Therefore, where are we? What world are we caught in? Be careful. So that is why we need to go into our own rooms and say, Lord, spare me. Spare me. Spare me. Spare me. Otherwise, things do not have any meaning. We've been going through a process. Okay? Now we have another 28 minutes, uh, sorry, 30 minutes, but I'm going to give you the promise for next year. Okay? This is a promise for next year. And we shall have it on the screen. Joel 2 and verse 25. The year restoration begins. Okay. He says, for you, he says, GDC. I'm not speaking for the worldwide, worldwide church. That's not my business. I don't have that office. For GDC worldwide, he says, the year of restoration begins. I will start restoring. So you have to believe. Even when we started this much, much earlier, I didn't know where he was leading me to. So three Sundays back, if you listen to three or four Sundays back, if you listen to Pastor Vijay at 11.41, he says, and he shall give you back all the ears the locusts have eaten. He did it, said it. And I marked it in his book because I just heard two days before, this is your word for your church next year. And I was tickled pink when four of our churches got on it. On their money they were. Year of restoration. The question is, will we believe? Will we believe? God is willing to restore. God is willing to restore. God is willing to restore. Can we have it? So I will restore to you the years. Impossible. Impossible. If I lose money, money can be restored. If I lose a friendship, friendship can be restored. If I lose health, it can be restored. I lose property, it can be restored. I lose time, it can never be restored. So God is going beyond the possibility of man and says, I will restore back the years the locusts have eaten. I will restore. Only he can do that. Nobody else can do that. Impossible. This is not possible with any man. How powerful he may be in the world or in sorcery, you cannot restore time. But God says, I can. I will restore. So when you get excited, you should get excited spiritually. Lord, the years I have lost. The years I have lost. It's a regret of every person. I don't know about you. It's my regret too. 
the year is gone. How will I get it back? Impossible. Only God can do it. That's why I was so excited by the promise. I was not looking for wealth and all those things. I was looking, Lord, you know what? Who cares about all these things of this world if you are coming tomorrow? But I want my time back. I want my time back. There is one regret in my life. It's the times I didn't serve you. I want that time back. I want that time back. I want that time back. But nothing else in the world is important because eyes haven't seen or ears heard what God is preparing for those who love them. What does it mean? There is no comparison. You take the best of the best in the world, it will look like a firefly in the front of a sun. He says, you have no idea what's waiting for. So don't have regrets about losing anything here. But he says, you need to regret one thing. Time. Time. Redeem the time. For the days are evil. Walk circumspectly. How you walk with the Outside, time, 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 time. And God says, I will give you back the ears because of the demonic. You were deceived. I was deceived. You were deceived. We were deceived. That's why in the Lord's prayer that cry, deliver me from the power of the evil one. Lead me not into temptation. Once temptation comes, we go. Time has gone before you come out. Ask, ask, David, I got tempted by fear, went into Ziklag, came out 16 months later. 16 months is gone. No worship, no praise, no psalm, nothing. Absolutely gone, 16 months of my life. I went out this thing, saw one girl bathing, called her, gone. Time gone. That's why the prayer. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the power of the evil one. Because what do I lose? I lose ears. The locust comes and eats it. Eats. You need to understand what it means in real life. No? Because the only thing that will count in eternity, eternity, there is no time. So the only time that will count in eternity is the time you profitably spend for your king in eternity. That's the only thing that will count. It's like children, final exam is over here, did not study, I wish, I wish, I wish, and fail. Then praying for COVID. <laughs> Can you get the time back? Oh. Gone. Gone. Ask anybody sitting here, not the young ones, the older people over there. Tell them, if you think about your career in the world, what do you regret? They will say, second year undergraduation or first year PG, I goofed up. Why did you goof off? Because I was playing football. And I should be studying. And that mark followed me all the days I went for an interview. I wasted my time. How did you waste that time? The locust ate it. Which locust? The gaming locust. Another locust is their gaming locust. YouTube locust. Facebook locust. All kinds of locusts are there. Netflix locust. Amazon pride locus. <laughs> we can add to this list. No? This swarming locus, this swarming locus is the number of channels you have available on your TV. It's swarming. 500, 600, 800, they come. You don't know what to watch. 
Many people just sit there and flip channels, flip, 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 flip. Before you know, days are going. Think, is it not true? It's talking about something. It's talking about the ears. It's important. The ears. I will give you back the ears the locusts have eaten. Humanly impossible. But what is humanly possible? Cry out. Joel says, fast. Call in assembly, Joel 1.14. Cry out. Cry out. And cry out to the Lord. What is that to cry out? First, Lord, like I said, we ourselves do not know where we are failing. Because we got this deception factory inside. Called the heart. Deceitful above all things. When we are unloving, it tells you are kind. <laughs> when you are losing your temper, it tells you are firm. Righteous anger, yes. Indignation. Deceives you, constantly deceives you. Because of it, we never repent. Therefore, we never change. Because the first cry of the herald of the kingdom of God is, Repent! Change! Because the king is here. Change before the kingdom comes here. After that, you cannot change. Change before the king comes. Kiss the king lest he gets angry. That's what the psalmist will say in Psalm 2. We don't know. So we need to cry out, Lord, help me. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I know something is wrong with me. But when you come in, I will realize lots of things are wrong with me. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself, whether you are in the faith. This last hours, not even hours, minutes, 30, 29 minutes left for 2021. 20, Examine yourself, whether you are in the faith. Because if you are not in the faith, you are judged, you are condemned already. Because the ruler of this world has been judged. When the ruler of the world has already been judged, all his subjects are also judged. So if you are not in the faith, it's only one criteria of being in the faith. What is that? That Jesus Christ is in you. Not whether you know your Bible by heart. Not whether you pray three times a day. Not whether you are fasting for 21 days. Not whether you are attending church. Not whether James is preaching every day of the week. Only one thing. Is Christ in you? If Christ is in you, let me tell you about this. If Christ is in you, you will know it. The world will know it. Because when they heard, where is he? Born king of Jews. All of Jerusalem was troubled and Herod was troubled. If Christ is born in you, Jesus said, when I come into your life, first I'll put a sword through your home. I will divide your house into two for Christ without Christ. I will divide everything that you meet for Christ against Christ. Gather or scatter. There will be no neutrality. Because when the king comes, he takes over. Kings do not negotiate. They take over. The day Saul of Tarsus knew, Who are you, Lord? Jesus of Nazareth. What do you want me to do? My king, my lord, my judge. What do you want me to do? Go to the city. It will be told you.
till we told you. He comes to take over. And government increases. There may be struggles, but government keeps on increases. And you look inside and you know the increase of his government. So examine yourself. Test yourself. Self-test. Last 28 minutes, self-test. Is Christ in me or not? What did you take from last Sunday's message? Two words. Silence and solitude. Silence and solid. Yes, Pastor, that's why I went to the theater. It's a very quiet place. <laughs> and the man spoke to me. Only thing it was Spider-Man. <laughs> that is my humor. I will get back at you. Just joking. I'm not mad at you, okay, by the way. I'm just upset. Because you are fasting. So I was upset. You are fasting. You are seeking something. You cannot contradict two things. Ask Pastor Vijay. We both were sitting two days back, right? We were sitting and talking about next year. I get a call on my phone. Some lady calling in this thing. Ah, we are laughing. Lady saying, huh? Sir, um, PVR theater uh, ticket. I said, what? The theater ticket. I said, Amma, 30 years I haven't entered a theater. She started laughing from there. Sorry, sir, wrong number. Book my shows. I don't even know such things are there. Somebody calls from book my show and talks me about PVR. I don't know where the theater is. I haven't entered a theater for how many donkey's years. I do not know. And they're calling me of all people in Hyderabad. And we were both laughing because I didn't know. Pastor Vijay said, this is a theater. PVR. So examine yourself. In silence, that's that is a powerful. That's a that's the main thing that got into my into my spirit when Pastor Vijay said, "Silent and solitude." I want to hear from you, Lord. I want to hear from you, Lord. I really want to hear from you. Where things are going, my life, my home, my church, and the churches, Lord, I want to hear. Look at what God asks in the book of Haggai. Another minor prophet, same time. Haggai 1.5. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, Captain Sabaoth, Captain of the army, is asking, consider your ways. What do you think is in his hand? Sword. Consider your ways. We think it is a painting brush. No, Captain of the host. Not to tickle you. What is he saying? Consider your ways. Look at the next. Over and over again. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. Put across practically, material world, if you want to. True. Look at the other side. You have heard much, but do not have enough. Memory bank me kuch nahi Heard Sunday message, Saturday message, Wednesday message. Online message, offline message. Mind me, kuch nahi hai. Why? But you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself. No one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages, put it into a bag. And we reach. Or is it kuch nahi hai? Dekh the pura. Full of holes. Why? Thus says the Lord, God of hosts. Consider your ways. 
consider your ways. And verse 9. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. When you brought it home, ah, you brought it home, honey. God blew it away. It was not there. Who blew it away? I blew it away. My great army that came in from the north, which I will drive to the east. North is where his throne is. So he sent that swarm of locusts to blow it away. Why did you do it, Lord? Why, says the Lord, because my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. You're so busy about your career, your studies. What about my kingdom? What about my temple? What about my house? It's lying in ruins. And look into your heart and look into your life. My house is in ruins while your career is glittering. So you know what? Whatever you did, I blew it away. Why? So that you would come back and build my house. Because your career will go away. My house will be forever. To protect you. Not to harm you. So all of us, let us be honest about it. All of us are functioning, including me, far, far, far below our potential in the kingdom of God. Yes. Jesus looked at his disciples when they marveled. He said, what is there to marvel? Greater things than this you shall do. Daniel prophesies of the last days. They who know the Lord shall do mighty things. What do we do? Why are we not able to do anything in the kingdom? Introspect. Examine yourself. Test yourself. Because this is not how Jesus works. That is what restoration is connected with. What is going to restore? He is going to restore his life in us. That message. The ministry and the gift. How does it all happen? Most well-known story in the Bible. Luke chapter 15 verse 17. When he came to himself. When he came to himself. What did he say? He did a good evaluation. He looked at himself. I am like this. My father's house is like that. Why am I like this? Whose son am I? Kiska beta Whose son am I? Even the servants in my father's house. Do better than me. Take a good evaluation of yourself. Do you know whose son you are? Are you living up to your father's name? Is the kingdom being manifested in your life? That's what he's saying. Look at my father's house and look at my life. Where am I? Where is my life? This is not what the gospel is. This is not. So take a good, good look. Good look. Because he says the year of restoration is here. I will restore. The prodigal son. What is the prodigal son? What are our ears? When he finally comes back home, he looks back. The rebellious ears. The wasted ears. Do you know what Luke 15 verse 13 says in KJV? Not many ways after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country and wasted his Substance. 
wasted his substance his health his wealth his mental ability lot of people struggle young people struggle now say pastor help me pastor help me i said you know why you are struggling abroad there right? i said you know why you are struggling because in the young days you smoked grass now this brain is not functioning properly wasted years now you know the lord you want to concentrate you want to work it's not functioning your health is not functioning your body is not functioning your mind is not functioning you hear it you know it is true but you are not able to change you know why the wasted years the wasted years he wasted you have only one way out of the big pen only one way out what is the way out verse 18 i will arise go back to my father it's only one way back there's only one way out of the pit it is go back to your father i will return to my father i have nothing to say all i will say is spare me i am not worthy i wasted my life i wasted my years like david would sing remember not the sins of my youth wasted lord wasted if that man said wasted how much more we should say wasted only one way out go back to your father's house who meets you on the road the god of restoration verse 22 the father said to his servants bring the best robe put it on him as if he sinned never you're coming with this full list of sins god says put the robe cover him restoration is here for all those wasted years for all the sins you did in those years for all the things you disobeyed me and walked away i'm covering you those sins will be remembered no more that's the first thing we need when we talk about time when you and i remember time in god's eternity one thing we don't want remembered is our sins and he says your sins i will remember no more no more remember no more then he said put a ring on his finger i'll give you authority i'll give you authority my authority i give it you didn't lose it i'll give it back because you have come back i will give it back to you all authority in heaven and earth is given to me in my name i give you authority put sandals on his feet i tell people i tell pastors when you stand before god bare feet when you stand before the devil sandals on your feet every place the sole of your foot will tread i give it to you my power my authority i'm restoring your life back i'm restoring to young people who are listening the rebellious young people who are listening worldwide i'm restoring your life back i give you authority i give you power it's not an ordinary sandal you have peace with god and the god of peace shall tremble not only the swarming the crawling all the locusts even their head shall crush satan 
under your feet. I give you authority. I give you power. Go. Go. Sins are forgiven. Now go. Run the race. Don't sit there idle. Don't sit there idle. Because if you sit there idle, you will not understand your purpose. Sitting there, religious life, made an altar, go there, pray, sit, arise. So Abraham, walk the land. This is warfare. This is spiritual warfare. Walk the land. Walk the land. You are the only man in this land who has peace with me. Satan, crush, walk the land. For years later, your children can inherit it because you crush Satan under the feet. Walk with sandals shod with peace. Children who have come back, children who goofed up and actually came back to the father's house and covered in the righteousness of God, they have no other testimony but to testimony. This is the mercy of God and the grace of God. Rest of you may be proud, but they are not proud. They will say, I was blind, but now I see. I was fallen. He lifted me up. It is but the mercy of God. The mercy of God. When they testify, when they witness, souls are saved. God says, I give you authority and I give you power. Go witness. You are my servant for the last days. For my last days. That's how it happens. He gives you back the years the locusts have eaten. And he will make your latter end greater than the former end. Only one person can do that. Man cannot do that. Only God can do that. The rebellious years. Or maybe you are older. And you made strategic decisions using your intellect. Locusts came, famine came. Let me go to Dubai. Don't even go to Muscat. I'm using modern terminology. They didn't go to Dubai or Muscat, they went to Moab. Moab was the Dubai of those days. They went to Mobai. Husband died in car accident. Two sons were crushed by the camels. Suddenly Naomi looks, I am a widow. Ten years are over. Fruitless life. No fruit. Husband gone. Son's gone. I am widow. Two Moabite daughters-in-law. Do you remember fruitless years? Who can give those years back? If you're 50 years old, 60 years old, everything is gone. There is no future. 500,000 new people have in the job line. Who wants you? They all want freshers. Who wants you? That is Naomi. God says, cry out. Turn with all your heart. In the midst of that fruitless years, one person turned with all her heart. I gave it Ruth. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my life. people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will be, there will I be buried. The Lord's do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. Do you know what this is? This is what Joel says. To turn with all. No person in the entire Bible has made a commitment like Ruth did. Turn with her entire heart back to God. Do you know what God did? Gave the fruitless years back. 
the fruitless years, the wasted years. Nothing to show in your life. He gave it all back. Look at how the narrative ends in the book of Ruth. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life. Naomi, Naomi, God has restored your life. He restored your life. Because somebody in your family turned with all our heart to the God of Israel and cried, Spare us, Lord. And he restored your life back. Not even in our wildest dreams, Naomi could have imagined for such an end. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is better to you than seven sons has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Who is the baby? Obed. Next will be Jesse. The next will be David. And Jesus will be called the son of David. Can anybody be restored like that? That is restoration. He gave her back all those fruitless years. How many years? Ten years in Moab and all the years before that in Israel. Fruitless. But because somebody turned with their whole heart back to God, God says, I am the restorer of life. I will give back to you. Naomi and Ruth will never be forgotten eternity because Christ comes from that line. Never be forgotten. Many women will be forgotten. She will never be forgotten because we have a God who is a restorer of life. Then the selfish years. You know? Ministry. Anointing. One gift. Those are the years you and I lived for ourselves. Our motto was me, mine, myself. Gift was from God. Anointing was from God. Talent was from God. Everything was from God. But me, mine, myself. And we ran with it. Then we hit rock bottom. You know who I am talking about, right? Our Uncle Samson. Everything was from God. But we did not use it for God. We used it in the name of God for self. Come, I will deliver you. Let the camera be on me. Everything was about self. Everything was about self. The camera has to follow. The light has to follow. It was all banners all around you and your baby. No, all was about him. It was all about him. Of course things happen. God will even use a donkey to save people. Then you hit rock bottom. What happened to you finally? 1621. Philistines took him, put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. Who is he? Pastor Samson. Where is he? In the circle, serving Baphomet. Where does his gift and his power come from? Was he original servant of God? Yes. Do you know how many are there out there in the world who are serving the Philistines? They cannot get out. They are desperate to get out, but they are bound with fetters of bronze. Because they went the other way, even in the city. They have power, but now it's the power is not of Yahweh. It is of Baphomet. They do things they never imagined they would do. Oh, they have 
wonderful preaching skills eloquence and gifts operating but they are miserable they are grinding in the prison they don't know one day of peace tormented inside day and night split into many personalities tormented 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 they have regrets they cry do they have any hope verse 22 however the hair of his head start coming back the consecration is coming back slowly coming why did they go on to the other side because they had lost their separation they wanted to serve god but like the world for the world for the fame of the world with the things of the world so finally they flipped in the hands of the ruler of the world he said come over worship me i will give it to you all and more now the hair is growing back the separation is slowly coming back have you noticed very prominent tv speakers asking for forgiveness on tv we were wrong our doctrine was wrong forgive us they're coming back started with god went to baphomet coming back god will have mercy god will have mercy that's why we pray for them also you people won't understand what i am praying for but i am praying for them because god loves them too verse 28 and samson called to the lord saying oh lord god remember me i pray strengthen me i pray just this one so god that i may take one blow of vengeance on the philistines for my two eyes what did baphomet take you he took your vision away and they are asking give me one chance lord i want to get back at him one chance i lost my ears people think i was serving you you know i wasn't serving you i was serving somebody else and i was serving me and he said use the name of jesus fool them i will give you money i'll give you wealth i will give you gifts i will give you mansions i will give you it all crowds will flock into your meetings now lord i was deceived i lost my vision and god says i will restore your prayer you know what the next verse says the verse says samson said let me die with the philistines and he pushed with all his might and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it so the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his entire life in one hour god gave him his life back Samson when you were alive how many did you kill mm, around uh, 2000 Samson when you died how many did you kill 4000 or 5000 whatever number is do you know this is also true that those who came out of the circle have brought many out of the circle and they were killed by the circle but before they died they had destroyed the power of Baphomet in their life and in the life of others because God is a restorer he's a restorer restore he can restore what the locusts have eaten in any situation what is impossible with man is possible only with god only possible with god so some of the things which i say you may not understand some of the things are basic principle understand this we have a god we have a god 
who restores. At the end, if you forget his death, if you end in terms of ministry, Samson finished well. What was he raised to? Kill Philistines. He killed maximum when he died. Finished well. Why? God restores. Cry out! Lord, one more time! I lost my wish. I lost it in the lap of Delilah. I lost it, Lord. I lost it. I lost it, Lord. Lord, what do you do? What do you They seduced me in the circle. They brought all the butterflies. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to people who are listening. They brought all the butterflies. Brought all the drugs and the alcohol and the money. And said, you can have it all. And I fell for it. And I sold my God, my consecration and my anointing. And was replaced with something else. And I went behind the pulpit and I changed the gospel. I changed the gospel from the gospel of the kingdom of God to the gospel of the kingdom of man and made the gospel all about you and not about him. And people flocked into my meetings and I did never used one word. I never told them they have to repent. Never told them they have to repent. Do you understand what's happening? Do we understand what is happening? Those were the selfish years. We lived for ourselves. Maybe any one of you. God gave you a gift. God gave you a talent. No. But thank God he pulled me out and the gift he gave me I'm using for his kingdom and not for somebody else. We say, Lord, rescue me. He will restore. It's a God of restoration. Only he can restore. Nobody else can restore. And for all those who are listening here and everywhere, those who are in homes, loveless homes, homes full of misunderstandings, husband and wife, parents and children, most happy place under the heavens is home. Most miserable place under the heavens is home. Either it can be heaven or it can be hell. Lord, what do you have to say? Let me talk to the men and women who are struggling in their marriage first. Jose, chapter 2, verse 14 and 16. This year, 2022, we entered into 2022. Ask Lord, when you pour your Holy Spirit into me, help me to allure her. He or her, whichever the problem is, will bring her into the wilderness. A marriage already is in the wilderness. Speak comfort to her. And I will give her her vineyards from there in the valley of Accor. Destruction, sorrow, grief, misery. Open for me a door of hope. Because I know you are somebody who restores marriages. He believes, I believe, or she believes, I believe, but we are not able to get together. Lord, there is a restoration. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth. We remember how we began. It's not there. 
when we began i told her only you no one but now i say anyone but you lord i want to go back to the beginning go back to the beginning there's a promise behind the promise is the power you cannot claim anything from god which he hasn't promised he stands by his word and you can say lord the prophet hosea said you draw israel in the wilderness back to you would you please draw my husband my wife back to me we are in the wilderness we are in the wilderness a marriage is on the rocks we are just putting a front outside if it were to show the world how happy we are we would get academy awards lord would you restore because a year is here you have to believe because there's an anointing for the promise believe god and his prophets and you shall be established it's a prophecy for the church this is the year of restoration look into your own lives and see what do you want restored what is that you want restored what is that you're craving most to be restored according to god's will restoration homes are right at top of his will absolutely on the top of his will so this i'm talking to husbands and wives and then malachi 4 5 and 6 behold i will send you elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the lord before the end comes is the time of restoration then judgment so before that happens restoration happens the spirit of elijah will come what will he turn he will restore the homes he will restore the homes no home can be restored until the father is restored no home can be restored until the head is restored mothers can do whatever they want but the home is not restored until the man is restored and god says this is my promise i will turn i will turn the hearts of the fathers and i will turn the hearts of the children i will restore your marriage i will restore your homes so god people should believe children should believe they see they hear everything the fighting that is going on the screaming that is going on the names that are being called the accusations you cry out children you are believing children god will hear you say lord restore my home restore my daddy restore my mommy restore my home the world is full of broken homes we don't need one more enough you are the restorer restore lord restore restore lord restore go back to the basics god family church job order god family church talking to believers god family church work workplace work is there in everything with god there is work <laughs> with family there is work with church there is work with office there is work so we were talking about office remember priorities get your order back in 2022 otherwise god will not restore your home 
because I am called a father. Because he is called a father. If he is not a father, I am not a father. The whole family in heaven and earth takes the name from him, the father. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our father who art in heaven. The first lady to see the resurrected Jesus. Touch me not. I am going to my father and you, your father. Go tell my disciples, I am going to the father. The first declaration of the resurrected Jesus is about the father. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. That's why God's final heartbroken cry in the book of Malachi to Israel. If you call me father, where is my honor? Where is my honor? Where is my honor? Homes will be restored if you believe. We'll have to work at it. We'll have to cry out to God. Spare my husband. Spare my... Stop the accusing finger. And raise hands up. And cry out, spare my husband, spare my wife, restore my children, restore my home. The locusts have gotten, eaten it all away. There's no marriage. It's stuck with solotive. There's no marriage. It falls. It's not on the rock. It's not on the sand. It is on quicksand. My home is sinking. Lord, spare, spare, cry. He will restore. It's a year of restoration. Believe. Believe. God will do it. Get these pictures all right. He will do it. Then those fought, walked, battled for righteousness' sake. You are misunderstood. You are humiliated. You are scorned. You are mocked. You are put, pushed down the ladder. Those are the years the locusts have taken, I called it the suffering years. The years you really suffered for the sake of the Lord. Nobody spoke up for you. But those were really suffering years. What about those years? Will he restore? Look at Genesis 40 and verse 23. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, forgot him. This was the salt on the wound. After 11 years as a slave and a prisoner, a window of hope. Old gift is functioning again. I have, you have a dream. I have the revelation. The gift is stirring up. This is what my God says. He will die. You will be released. When you go back to the Pharaoh's house, put a word for me. Pharaoh says, I will be free. What does the word of God says? The butler went out and forgot Joseph. For two more years, cursed is the man who leans on the arm of flesh. Let me tell you, when God's children have tried to lean on arm of flesh, when God cut it off that arm, it's because he loved you, not because he was upset with you, because he did not want you to be cursed. Lord, nothing happened. I did it because I put you there. I will bring you out. It will be my work and my work alone. Stop leaning on the arm of flesh. And then, what does the next verse say? Then Pharaoh sent, called Joseph, and they brought him quickly. One day, in one hour, in one day, 13 years of his life is wiped out. 13 years gone. Wiped out in one day. 13 years a slave. 13 years a prison. The Pharaoh looks at him and says, 
you speak like the spirit of god is in you there is no one like you you know what you take over the country nobody above you just me everybody under you let me ask you who has ever got a promotion in life after 25 years of service 30 years of service 40 years of service 50 years of service nobody in one day he got it 13 years ago wiped out in one year because our god restores the painful years the suffering years the mocked years nobody will call him a slave anymore nobody will speak behind his back anymore nobody will you know why god has restored the years the locusts have eaten and listen to what he says in the subsequent verses joseph called the name of the firstborn manasseh for god has made me forget all the toil and all of my father's house 13 years he missed his father missed his father missed his home and all the suffering he looked at manasseh and you know what i want to name you something little boy you know what i'm going to name you i'm going to name you manasseh when i look at you you know what i'm going to say in one day god caused me to forget my suffering the god who restores look at the next verse the name of the second he called ephraim for god has caused me fruitful in the land of affliction ephraim you know what your name means when i look at you i will say in the midst of affliction in the land of affliction i am fruitful because we serve a god who restores god who restores whatever your context is whatever you are going through it doesn't matter the word of god is for everybody you apply it personally what your struggle is is it the rebellious years is it the wasted years is it those selfish years is it those years of misunderstanding and chaos and lovelessness in the home or is it the painful years or maybe it's the years what i call misdirected years misdirected years ecclesiastic 1:13 and 14 i set my heart to seek and search out wisdom concerning all that is done under the heaven this burdensome task god has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised i have seen all the works that are under the sun indeed all is vanity grasping for vanity he took a, he took he did a phd in philosophy next verse i laid in my heart come now i will test you with mirth therefore enjoy pleasure he took a phd in pleasure i'm not saying some of the careers we have chosen per se is bad but we got head into it like master which love sleep lab he talks about his boss you know he talks about his boss so miserable man he doesn't know he's married he doesn't know he has a wife he doesn't know he has a children what a misdirected life what is his lab going to call for him in eternity will his wife say blessed will his children says daddy was always there no miserable man is he successful yes misdirected years you followed your fantasy you were successful 212 then i turned to myself consider wisdom met madness now he's got phd in psychology the people 
They got nothing to do. What are you? Double MA beer. What did you do the double MA for? Did your salary double? No, same salary double MA. How many years did you take? Three years. How many PhDs you have? Two PhDs. Did your salary double? No. I just did it just like that. There are people who can do a PhD just like that. Do you know that? Hello? Mr. Christian? How many PhDs you have? Three MAs and two PhDs. Do you still know God's purpose for your life? Ah, why say we have? Are Buddhu, when you go over there, God will ask you, what did you do for me? Misdirected. Not what you did was wrong. Life is just going away. Is there hope for you? Genesis 45, 27. Not Revelation. Oh, how did we go to Revelation 15? Genesis 45, 27. I didn't give it? Yeah. When they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and while he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. He was totally oblivious of the fact his son Joseph is alive. How many years have gone by? 22 years have gone by. How many years? 22. Mr. Christian, how many years have gone by since you became a Christian? 20 years, 15 years, 18 years. Has your spirit been revived? Do you know Jesus is alive? Do you know Jesus is alive? As alive as he was always. He's there right beside you. He will speak to you. He will talk to you. He will give you a future and a purpose and an anointing and a calling. Did you know about that? Oh, Jesus is alive. Yeah, Jesus is alive. His spirit revived. Wasted years of Joseph. Wasted years. Why? Misdirected. Because he assumed something. He presumed something, assumed something that this is what. A lot of people go like that. They run. The Lord called me in 1988. I ran for my life. He put me in a corner and called me back in 94. 88 to 94, what do you call it? Misdirected. Oh, I have most of my degrees during that time. Most of my degrees... My PG, post PG, net, everything came between that period. What is it sitting there gathering? Locusts are eating that now. Never came of any use. You know why? You ran in the other direction. You acted as if Jesus was dead. And you were alive. You didn't realize Jesus was alive. You were dead. Then your spirit revived. God restores all those years back. Look at how this man finishes. Yeah, let's go to the next one. Then they told him Joseph is still alive. is governor over all the land of Egypt. Joseph's heart stood still because he did not believe them. Really? Really? Let me ask you this question. If I am not a prophet, sometimes I prophesy. But as a prophet, I come and ask. Peter. This is the year 2022. But the Lord is saying him, he called you in the year 2012. What are you doing? And I walk away. What is he thinking? 12 years of my, 10 years of my life gone. 
pursuing something which God never called me. Ten years gone. Just gone. That's why I said, important questions in life. Who are you? Next one, what do you want me to do? Until you tell me, I will keep asking you, what do you want me to do? You didn't save me to put you on the shelf. You saved me. You had a purpose. What you did, nothing wrong. Nothing eternal. 49, 26. This is Jacob. Many, many, many years later. What is Jacob saying? To all his sons. The blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors. Hey, bache, listen. Your father may have missed 22 years, but he made up. He's overshot his father Isaac and his grandfather Jacob. My blessings has overshot the blessings of my ancestors. He gave me back all the years the locusts have eaten. I see better than any one of you. You may think my eyes are blind. Yes, my eyes are blind. Spiritually, I see better than Joseph and I see better than all of you. It is not Manasseh. It is Ephraim that has been put first. And I will tell you, Reuben, this is who you are. Simeon, this is who you are. Levi, this is who you are. And boss, Judah, a scepter comes from you. I see. I see. I see. You know what? Let me ask you a question. Could Isaac prophesy over Jacob and Esau? No. no. Could Abraham prophesy over his eight, eight plus two, ten sons? No. Jacob prophesied over his sons. Why? Finished well. Because there is a God who will restore your ears. God who restores your ears. And then there is the greatest regret of people. All of us. I don't know about you, me, Pastor Vijay and all. Our regret is the Christless ears. I wish I had known Christ like you early, had a church like you, had a pastor not like you, but who taught the word of God. We had nothing. Nothing. What my parents could give, they gave me. They gave me a good education. What they did not have, they can't give me. They did not have faith. Okay. So blessed are you all who have believing parents even if they don't have education. It is okay. You got what is eternal. Got what is eternal. Our regret always is those Christless years when we did not know Christ. Think about a man like that. 40 years in Egypt. Prince of Egypt. All the wisdom of Egyptians, mighty in words and deed, 40 years in the wilderness, shepherd, 80 years gone. 80 years gone. And then, one day, from the burning bush, a voice calls him, Moses, Moses. One day, one day, 80 years was wiped out. One day, 8 years was wiped out. One day, when he goes back into Israel, 
After that day, he goes with a rod in his hand, a man who knows God. A man in a few months or a few years' time will give us the history of how the world began. No Moses, we don't know whether creation or evolution is true. No Moses, we don't know about Abel, we don't know about Enoch, we don't know about Noah, we don't know Abraham, we don't know anything of the beginning. You know what? One man, one day, wiped it off. One day, gave him back all the years the locusts have eaten, both in Egypt and in the wilderness. How old is he? 80 years old. The next 40 years that man walks with God. Till today, men learn about God from that man. And his record is not just in earth alone. Look at Revelation chapter 15 and verse 3. Then they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. And the song of order is reversed. Not Jesus first, Moses first. God says, first, let them sing Moses' song. But, but Lord, why should they sing Moses' song? Because they know about the Lamb through Moses. Moses is the one who prophesied in Genesis 3, the seed of the woman. It came through Moses' mouth. He is the one who wrote it all. So let them sing Moses' song. God has no ego issues. Sing the song of Moses. One day, change his life. 80 years is wiped off. 80 years is wiped off. So there we are. As we come to the closing hours of today's meeting. I will not get into all that. But I guess the children are tired. Return with me to the book of Joel. Let me give you again. It's easier to check on my marked it on this. Back to chapter two. There is something God tells. Israel over there. It's connected with how he restores. Twenty-seven. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. What will they know? They will know God. Now go to John seventeen three. This is this is seventeen three. This is eternal life. What is eternal life? That you may know God, you and Jesus Christ. Now, listen carefully. Listen carefully. Time is equal to years. Years, not years. Years is equal to time, and actual time is equal to how much you know God. He says, when my spirit comes upon you, in one day, you will know about me more than 
people have spent in divinity courses for 50 years, you will know more. You will have life, which they don't have. That's how I will restore your ears back. Because what is life? In eternity, you will realize life means to know God. And if you do not know God, you do not have life. And I will just give it to you just like that. You will know God. And when the Spirit of God came upon Peter, he stood there and says, Hear, O men of Israel, we are not drunk. You know why? In an instant, revelation after revelation, from the book of Joel, from the book of, Je of Psalms, he's actually showing them, I know God. Where did you get it, Peter? In a day, in an instant, I have life. All those years have been restored. That is what life is. That is what life is. You getting? That's what I said. If you're not interested in the kingdom of God, you will say, oh, so boring. I was expecting about a lottery or something. No, real life. This is real life. In an instant, people will know who God is. When the spirit comes, the word becomes alive. Then you will know this is what it means. Who is Peter? Who is John? Who is Stephen? Who is James? All unlearned men. Sanhedrin is watching. How did these people know? We don't know these things. We don't know these things. How do these know? You know what? All the ears have been restored with the life, the knowledge of God. You getting it? And as we close, how can God restore? It's interesting how God restores. We have Jacinth, Pastor Vijay, and Peter sitting over here. Jacinth is 100-fold. Pastor Vijay is 60-fold. Peter is 30-fold. Jesus only mentioned three. That doesn't mean there is not in between. 600, 60, 30, 20, 10, 0. Or 5. Don't put at zero, five. Okay. Okay, la five. Okay. Imagine. Jacinth wasted her years. Wasted her years. Now she's 80 years old. Pastor Vijay is 80 years old. Peter is 80 years old. Brenda is 80 years old. Akila is also 80 years old. She in 50 years. She brought 5 plus 5 plus 5 plus 5 plus. In two years, God gives her 100 fold. She's already 200. Do you know what God is saying? I can multiply. What others do in 50 years, I can make you do it in one year that you finish a winner. I can give you back all the years that the locusts have eaten. Ultimately, it comes how you enter into my presence. What others did 40 years, I can get you to do in one year. You know how we can restore? Do you understand what God is talking? Time is not a problem for me. Years is not a problem for me. I can give it all back to you. If you turn with all your heart, you cry. Rend your heart and not your garment. And turn and say, Lord, spare me. Spare my home. Spare your people. I will come. I will give you the latter and the former rain together. And I will restore all the years 
that the locusts have eaten. Doesn't matter what kind of locusts, God is able to do it. Able to do it. So this evening, I want the worship team back here. Come back. Believe. Believe. It's a year of restoration for everyone. God will restore. Cry out for your homes. Cry out for yourself. Cry out for your church. Cry out for the churches. Cry out for your nations. If you're listening in US, cry out for US. If you're listening in Australia, cry out for the church. Lord, let not your nations become a reproach. You have to be zealous for God's name. Zealous for God's name. I'm trusting God will give you a song, Peter.
early morning the first hour of this new year like the prodigal son we have to come to ourselves do a true examination ask the holy spirit the word of god says when jesus preached the power of the lord was there to heal everyone the only question is do you want to be made whole it doesn't matter how many years you have wasted 38 18 12 does not matter one day one hour life will be restored pick up your mat and walk woman thou art loosed daughter your faith has healed you and if you are crying over your child your teenage child that has gone away into the world the lord will speak life tabita kom at his voice the dead will come back to life the rebel will become obedient the prodigal will come back home he has the power to restore all we have to is come to our senses and cry out lord spare me spare my home spare my children spare your people oh lord samaria is under siege a siege outside famine inside people are dying like flies women are eating their own children the word of the lord is in the mouth of one man tomorrow this time a sia a wheat will be sold sold for 2 shekels a sia of barley for 2 shekels there will be scoffers there will be mockers when god says this is the year of restoration but there no one within the camp on which the spirit of prophecy could rest so the spirit of prophecy went outside the camp and today god says let us go outside the gate with him for we have no lasting place in the city that my spirit can rest upon you it rested upon four lepers and they said they talked among themselves Why should we sit here and die? Let us arise and go to the enemy's camp. Today God says, will my spirit rest upon you? You have heard from me. This is the year of restoration. Do you believe it for yourself? Do you believe it for your home? Do you believe it for your church? Do you believe it for your nation? If so, get out from among the scoffers and the mockers. Go outside the gate with him and say Lord we will not die but love declare the works of the Lord your prophecy will not go past me i take hold of it with both hands i believe i believe i believe not that you will i believe you have already begun the work of restoration in my life i believe you have begun 
I believe you're beginning the work of restoration. It will be a new thing. It will be a new thing. It will be nothing like you have thought or imagined. It will be a new thing. It will be better than you can imagine. Whatever you are crying out for God when he does it, it is always better. Because he says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. God in his ingenuity doesn't go backwards. He goes forwards. When he does something, it always is better. It is always is better. Oh Father, I pray your people will believe everywhere. Everywhere. Here in Hyderabad, GTC will believe. Jamshedpur will believe. Ranchi will believe. New York will believe. Melbourne will believe. China will believe. Spotify will believe. He will believe for restoration. God will restore what the locusts have eaten. Dubai will believe. Alian will believe. Penny will believe. It is not over. In your 80th year, God has spoken to you. Like he spoke to Moses. And I'm telling you, God will give you back the years the locusts have eaten. You will know God better. In the few years, God will add to your life more than your younger sister knew in those 30 years of her salvation. God will give it to you. God is not a respecter of persons. If you turn to him with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength, God says, he will heal you and you will know him. Believe. No restrictions, Lord. Just say, Lord, no restriction. I take my hands off my life. Do what you want to do Amen. with my life, with my home, with my children. Because I know you never harm. You will never harm. You may hurt, but you will not harm. You will only bless. You will not curse. You will only do good. You will only do good. You are the only one who will only do good always to his children. Therefore, all we release our lives into thy hands. You don't have to come forward standing where you are this morning, January 1st. Surrender. You could just kneel down where you are standing. Just kneel down. I leave it to you. I'm not asking anybody to do anything because it has to be from your heart. Saying, Lord, I believe. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I restore, Lord. The locusts have eaten much. Every kind of locust came into my life. They came into my home. They came into my workplace. They ate and they ate and they ate. Some lives there are huge bare patches eaten away. Some lives hardly anything left. But God says when my rain falls I will restore. Your threshing floor will be full of wheat. You will drink the new wine. 
and you will have fresh oil each day. New life. Fresh anointing every day. If you believe. They will be astounded by the work that I will do in you. Your own flesh and blood will not believe this is you. For I am able. I am able. More than able. God of restoration. It's a restorer of life. It's a restorer of dreams. It's a restorer of vision. It's a restorer of anointing. It's a restorer. If you are regretting here, young man, young woman, you are thinking about those days when you were anointed, you knew. God says, I will restore and I will give you more than before. The latter and the former reign together. He will gift you with gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father, starting now today, Oh, Father, you will pour out your gifts upon your children everywhere. Oh, Father, it is a gift that causes a man to stand before a king. One gift for a Hebrew slave in a dungeon made him stand before the king. That's what God's gift can do to you. And I pray, Father, gift your people you please gift your people we need all the gifts of the Holy Spirit Lord in the church gift your people gift your people we want to go beyond natural talent we want to go into the spiritual realm receive the anointing that is from you the gifts that from you and many of the young ones standing over here I pray for ministerial gift Lord that you will call out them one day. They will hear, I have called you out to serve me full time. You are called out. 2022. The year of restoration. He will restore what the thief stole. He will restore. God, restore. Restore, Lord. Heal the sick. Some need a restoration of their health. Restore their health. Restore their health. We are not praying for healing. We are praying for health. Healing is for the sick. Health is for God's children. You be my king, my judge, my lawgiver. And there shall be no sick in the city. Sickness all around, but no sick in the city. Your iniquities shall be forgiven. Believe. Lord, I am willing to make tough decisions in my life. I am willing to turn my life all around. For I want everything that you have for me. I don't want to end up before you empty
your girdle around your waist tuck your cloak in eat your passover in haste for today is the day of the lord's deliverance he told israel they were getting out of egypt and we will be getting out of this world soon our deliverer is close but he said to israel right in the beginning you will not get out of this land empty handed and i'm telling the church you will not get out of this world empty handed and stand before god you will tell the god i have brought my offerings to you not empty handed no one will get out of this place this world empty handed the next years of your life will be full if you believe full there will be no one here if you believe who would not have one souls to the kingdom for those who bring turn people to righteousness shall shine like stars in heaven no one empty handed i pray i pray lord no one empty handed we will not leave this world empty handed our hands with offerings for our king we brought souls for you lord souls for you i pray father church will be full of soul winners they will stand in the breach and cry out spare my family spare my friends spare my neighborhood give me the courage and the boldness to witness and when i go to speak anoint me the anointing will break the yoke when i lay hands upon the sick they will be saved when i speak oh father oh father demons will flee for your word says look for and verse 18 we preach deliverance there's a deliverance that takes place in a deliverance meeting but lord we not only do that we preach deliverance and i pray when your children open their mouth and speak they will preach deliverance deliverance will take place deliverance in place in unbelieving parents lives deliverance will take place in unbelieving children's lives deliverance will take place in unbelieving neighbors life for we preach deliverance for the spirit of the lord has anointed us to set the captives free we will not come empty handed we will not come empty handed o kathile rethi kathu surethi rethi kathu akolore thele rethi kathu surethi rethi katha sarathu surethi every life let christ be magnified The Lord says 13 years and 6 months ago I gave you the word just for every one of you let your life be built on that word let me have preeminence in all things build your life he said on that promise in everything Lord You have preeminence. You have preeminence. I'll ask Sister Elsa to come forward now. As Peter and the worship team worship, give us one more song, Peter. As the Lord leads you, I'll ask Elsa to come close in prayer.
and I will do the benediction. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 How could we not praise you? How could we not say thank you for 21? How could we not say, Lord, you are good and your mercies endure forever and ever, from everlasting to everlasting. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome, my God. You are awesome, my God. You saved us, my God. You brought us through, my God. We went through the waters, but we weren't drowned. We went through the fire, but we didn't get burned. Oh, my God, my God. You were there. You are there. Yes. You are here right now. You are with us, my God. Oh, you are here right now, my God. Oh, Lord, let your glory fall today, my God. Fill this atmosphere, my God. We thank you for today's promise, my God. We thank you for the promise, my God. We thank you, my God, that you will restore what the canker worm and locusts have eaten. You will restore, my God. You will make a way where there seems to be no way, my God. You, Lord, will meet us at our point of need, my God. Your thoughts are truly not our thoughts. Your ways are truly not our ways. Just like the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your ways higher than ours, my God. We want to thank you for this pulpit. We want to thank you for the word that came from here, my God. We want to thank you it was your word. It is the Rima word. It was not Pastor James. It was not Pastor Vijay. It was God's word. It is the Rima word. It was the Rima word that spoke to every one of us. And Lord, 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 thank you today for conviction. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My prayer, my God. Oh Lord, that the convictions will be stronger and stronger and stronger. And oh Father, that we will truly, truly turn, my God. We will turn from our wicked ways. Oh, we will turn, my God. We will humble ourselves. Oh, we will humble ourselves, my God. Oh, humble yourselves in the eyes of the Lord and I will exalt you. We will kill pride when we recognize it, my God. When we see it, we will call it like it is. It is Pride. Oh, it is selfish attitudes. Oh, Father, I pray, my God, when we recognize what we see in us, my God. I pray the word of God will be a reflection. It'll be a mirror to our soul, my God. And we will want change. We will want change. We want to start 22. Oh, my God, with a change of heart change of desire, change of purpose, change of plan. Forgive us when we were complacent. Forgive us. Forgive us when we took the word for granted. Forgive us when we took your grace for granted. Forgive us, Father. Oh, my God, have mercy. Have mercy upon us, my God. Have mercy upon us, my God. Have mercy, have mercy. Restore us today. Oh, spare your people today. Spare us today. Spare us today, my God, my God. Oh, Father, it's not how we started, but we want to finish right. Oh, we want to finish right, my God. We want to finish and hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. You have fought this good fight. You have won the race. I pray today, my God, we as a church will fight the good fight. 
we will run this race. We will finish the course and we will hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And Lord, we believe that you'll give us one soul from, for the kingdom. Yes. One soul. Lord, give us one soul. Yes. From our unbelieving families. Lord, one soul. Lord, one soul, Lord. Lord, one soul. One soul, my God. One soul, one soul. Oh, my God, would you save them, my God. The God of the world has blinded them, my God. But one soul, one soul in 2022, my God. Forgive us, my God, if we want light and salt in 21. Help us to be that light and that salt of the earth in 22. Let us never forget where you brought us from, my God. Never let us... Never let us forget where you brought us from. Never let us forget that we too were blind, but now we see. We too, my God, were lost, but now we're found. Oh my God, never let us forget. You picked us up from the muck and miry clay, my God. You set our feet upon solid ground, my God. Upon this rock I built my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against thee. My God, my God, we thank you. We too were enemies of the cross. We too, we too, my God. Oh, Father, forgive us. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Help us, my God. Help us, my God, as we leave this place, that your presence tarry. Let your presence tarry, my God. Even on our way home, my God. Oh, even in our cars, even in our homes, even in our hearts, even in our minds, my God. Oh, Father, let the anointing today destroy yokes, pull down strongholds, break bondages, my God. Oh, let it break bondages today, my God, in the name of Jesus, my God. We thank you came for a sinner like us. You came. You came for a sinner like us. You came for us. You didn't come for the righteous. You came for sick people like us. We too were sick, my God. In 21, you reminded me how some of us had some serious illnesses. But you, you brought us. You brought us through. You brought us through. There was a purpose. There was a plan. Oh, Lord. We, Oh, Father, we shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. There were serious illnesses in the church, my God, but you brought us through. But I thank you, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And today I pray, my God, God is not the author of confusion. He's a God of decency and order. My prayer today for us as a church, that there will be order in our lives, in our homes, in our church, with our personal lives. And Father, I pray we will cry out in our closets. We will cry out. We will cry out, my God. We will seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else shall be added unto him. And we believe today, Father, you are restoring. Right now, right now. It's taking place right now, right now. The God of restoration will restore. Will restore right now, right now, right now. In our homes, in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. Oh, you will restore, you will restore, my God. And we will be that light in dark places. We will be that light. We will be that light. Heal our land today. Heal the United States of America. Heal India. Heal this land that we live in today. Heal the land, my God. The government is upon your shoulders. 
the increase of the government, there will be no, no, end. End. no end, no end, no end. We thank you today. I want to just personally thank you, Father, oh, Father, for Pastor James and Pastor Vijay. And as a church, can we just bless them for 2022? Father, may the blessings of the living God pursue them, overtake them, be with them all the days of their lives. And I pray no weapon formed against them will prosper and every lying tongue that rises against them in judgment we shall condemn. This is their heritage as a servant of the Lord and their righteousness comes from you. Oh, that you would bless them and enlarge their territory. Then your hand would be with them and the Lord will keep them from all evil. And the Lord answered, what you did for Jabez, you will do for Pastor James and Pastor Vijay. You will do, my God, and they will cause nobody no harm. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, my God. And I pray as they study, as they teach us, we will have attentive ears. I pray, I pray, my God, we will not be offended with the word because it's God's word. It's the Rima word. It's not their word, my God. And I pray you speak to them. In 2022, I pray for fresh revelations. I pray you prepare us as a church. Prepare us as a church, my God, to hear more and more each day. And Lord, I pray and I believe we as a church, oh Lord, will grow in love in grace, in mercy, and we will humble ourselves in the eyes of the Lord, and you will exalt us. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you, Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I commit the church into thy hands, Lord. Pray the hand of God would rest upon us through this year. I bless your people in your name. Lord, shine upon them. Let your face shine upon them peace with grace let grace be poured upon every lip lord that they walk with thanksgiving and with praise through the days O oh lord they will experience the power of god's right hand O oh lord they will be blessed when they go out they will be blessed when they come in they will be the head and not the tail and the people will know god is in our midst thank you thank you father the time we spend in fellowship let it be blessed. You brought us here safely. We trust you will reach us home safely, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. Amen. Amen.